Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, this is Julian here, the producer of the Dublin Story Slam. The Dublin Story Slam is a monthly open mic storytelling night recorded live in Dublin's Sugar Club. And in this podcast, we bring you our favourite stories that we've collected over the last year or so. And this particular episode is inspired by the theme, Ghosts. So it being Halloween and all, we wanted to bring you three stories that walk the line between this world and the next, as well as touching the lives of each of these three brilliant storytellers in a very personal way. We've got a story of being haunted by a ghost that follows somebody around, a beautiful tribute to someone who's passed away, and a proper, decent ghost story. This is the Dublin Story Slam podcast. Now, normally at this stage, I would be welcoming our regular host, the brilliant Colm O'Regan, but I'm flying solo this month. So let's just go straight into it for our first storyteller, Shane Connealy. Now, in this story, Shane introduces us to a fictional TV character from the 80s, a guy called Rashers Tierney. Rashers featured in an iconic Irish TV series called Strumpet City that was shot in the 80s. You might recognise the actor who played him, David Kelly, from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He was Charlie's grandfather. But without further ado, here's Shane Keneally. Shane Keneally, ladies and gentlemen. There's Shane. And Shane, welcome. So, I know that ghosts aren't real. But the ghost that haunted me was less real than most. Because I spent most of my life being haunted by the ghost of a fictional character. It started, as these things do, long, long, long ago. And we'd been down visiting my granny. And as we were leaving, the TV set was on. And a character appeared on it. And um, it, was, it was Rasher's Tierney from Strumpet City. Now, Rasher is, for those who don't know, know him, he was homeless and alcoholic. And um, he was sitting there on a step in Henrietta Street, drunk and crying and alone, like grey skin and grey clothes and grey light and grey stone surrounding him. And that, that cut me to the quick. It, it, it touched something inside of me. And I sat there looking at the television and I felt recognition and also fear. I, the recognition was with you know, someone who was you know, powerless and alone. And the fear was that, that this was a fate that could befall me. At the time, my parents, my father had 
disappeared into drink. And my mother, after they'd split up, uh, she'd, she was overworked, she was exhausted, she was depressed. So between the pair of them, they weren't present physically or emotionally. And I was making up all this and trying to understand the world by my own. That's how I felt. So I was about nine when this was going on. And I was there staring at poor Rashers. And he brought this terror to me that someday this isolation mightn't end. So my own... You know, a flash of, of, of alcoholism kind of kicked off when I was 16 with my first blackout. And from that point on, my drinking was a fight. A fight between two different tensions. One was that I was running from the feelings that I had. And the other was that I was trying to fight this drink and the consequences that this drink had for me. And I lost a lot along the way. I lost friendships. I lost brain cells. I lost relationships and all kinds of opportunities. But all the way along through this was Rasher's tyranny. He, he followed me, he walked with me through this, and I'd be sculling cans to get up the courage to go meet people, or I'd be coming out of a blackout on a bench, you know, drinking 24-hour garage wine, and Rasher's would be sitting beside me. Or perhaps sitting down by the sea, smoking spliffs. My phone was full of numbers of people I was too ashamed to phone. And rashers would come walking towards me. Because my future was walking towards me. And uh, I don't drink anymore. Um, soon I'll have not drank for longer than I ever drank. But it's not... I'm not the hero of the story. So... A funny thing happened, an unusual thing happened for me a couple of years after I gave up the drink. I was sitting in a coffee shop in town, I was drinking my coffee, and in walks a man. This tiny, skinny, thrush-like man with a yellow suit and a big, broad-brimmed hat, these gigantic Dolce & Gabbana glasses. I saw him, and I wasn't quite sure if it was him, but it was. It was, it was, it was Rasher's tyranny, or the actor, David Kelly, who played Rasher's Tierney. So I, I, I almost wussed out. And I, no, okay, so I was leaving, and I spotted him, and I walked up to him, and really awkwardly, I was like, uh, Mr. Kelly, I, uh, I, I, I remember you from, from Strumpet City. And he turned towards me with those giant glasses staring, and says, ah, great show, great show. Yeah, with all the air of someone who was enjoying his cup of coffee, and that show was 30 years ago. I was like, no, 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 you have to understand. Sir. So I explained to him, you know, what it meant to me and how much he meant to me. And uh, as I did, he kind of reached out his hand to touch me and lifted up his glasses and says, 36 years sober, it keeps getting better. And... Um, and yeah, I, 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 I left my hero in that moment. So not all heroes wear capes. Some of them wear canary yellow suits. Thanks very much. Shane Keneally, ladies and gentlemen. Shane Keneally there with a tale of warning, but also some real wisdom in there from the actor David Kelly towards the end of that tale. Um, you just 
sometimes kind of wonder, you know, how we're all maybe just a couple of bad days or bad decisions away from ending up like Rashers. So I think it really makes the story all the more brilliant that Shane was able to say goodbye to that particular ghost. Our next story, inspired by ghosts, is a very different interpretation of that theme. And I don't even really like to use the term ghost because I don't know if it does it justice, but you'll be able to judge for yourself. Um, This is a story that was told at our most recent story slam, and it was by Mark Early. And Mark basically stopped me outside on the street just as we were letting all the storytellers in first. And he said, I know I haven't signed up, but is there any way... I could just tell a story. So I had no idea what to expect, but when he got up and told this beautiful story, um, it just really, I think, took the audience's breath away. So this is Mark Early. Looks about right, yeah. Um, my story is a, is a sad story. Um, I, I don't think I'd have stood here and done this um, until after May 20th, 2017, uh, when my soulmate uh, passed away. Her name was Leanne Deasy. She was a wonderful person, a warm, kind, generous, and a pretty woman. And we've been together for about 10 years. Um, I was in Australia at my, one of my best friend's wedding. I was best man over there. And I got a call in the airport on my way home from her sister uh, telling me that Leanne had... Uh, had died in her sleep from nocturnal epilepsy, which is what she sh- suffered from since she was about 13. Um, and as you can imagine, coming home alone from somewhere so far away, um, crossing continents and time zones and uh, doing it surrounded by strangers who didn't know what was happening was um, extremely difficult for me. Um, and since then, fear has been somewhat of a companion um, it's something I've, I've grown used to, uh, something I, I've tried to embrace and face instead of run away from. And uh, that's what has me up on the stage tonight, um, telling you her story. So, um, where to start? Well, we, we met in Galway. Uh, she was a kind of fun-loving hippie back then. And uh, I was down there learning to be a teacher. I teach in a school in uh, Ranala, and I've seen some of my past pupils here tonight, um, <laughs> which is which is uh, which is nice. Um, <laughs> I meant that sincerely. <laughs> um, um, so we, we met when I was becoming a teacher down there and, uh, and fell in love very quickly, um, convinced her to move back to Dublin with me and uh, got involved in, in, in a sort of um, a wonderful relationship that culminated us getting married and, and later trying to, have, uh, trying to have children together and start a family. Um, and I suppose when you get that close to somebody and that's taken away, um, it's a very hard thing to deal with uh, mentally, physically, um, Emotionally, you, you, you kind of fall apart. And for me, um, facing those fears has made me a better person. Uh, it's helped me develop. Um, I've, I've come across a lot of people. I've met a lot of other widows and, or widowers and widows, um, other people who've suffered loss, sisters, brothers. And unfortunately, in Ireland, a lot of people um, who've, who've faced suicide or, or lost others through it. And a lot of them talk about post-traumatic um, 
growth. And that's something I've been trying to, um, trying to do. Uh, and, and that hopefully tonight will, will be another step in that process. Um, so the fears that I faced, I suppose the very first one was seeing her, um, getting off that plane here in Dublin. I was collected by my parents and brought straight into Angel Street where she was. Um, and I, I walked in a door and so I walked in into a room in a funeral home and saw her for the first time. And uh, it, it became very real then. Um, after that, there's, there's the fear, of the, the kind of first fears where you're going into a cafe you both used to love. Um, you're meeting friends you used, to, you used to meet together. You're going to places like Galway, uh, which is a home away from home for me. Um, and you face them again and again. And sometimes they're expected, sometimes they're unexpected. Um, and somewhere... Uh, you, you find a strength to face them, to learn to face them, leaning on family and friends, and, uh, and life carries on. And I suppose that's my message this evening, that whatever you go through, whatever you face in your life, there's always strength in everybody here to get through that. Uh, that's my story for this evening. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. That was Mark Early, who was the winner of last month's Dublin Story Slam with a beautiful tribute to his partner, Leanne Deacy. Um, Mark has written extensively about his experiences, as well as some fundraising efforts that he's undertaking to try and raise awareness, as well as some much needed cash for Epilepsy Ireland. So if you want to find out more, or if you want to read more about Mark's experiences, or even find out a little bit more about Leanne and see some beautiful pictures, uh, head over to thereirewords.com um, to find out more information. Our last story of this episode is one that to this day still gives me the chills when I hear it. So if you've got the lights on and you're looking for a proper little kind of tingle down your spine ghost story, uh, why don't you actually turn them off? 
Okay, listen to this. This is a brilliant ghost story from Ethna O'Connell. In 1980, I had my first job in Germany. I was working in Stuttgart. And myself and a friend decided that we would go one weekend in early spring across to Alsace, you know, French-German border, you know, check out the vineyards and little villages and so on. And we had a tent in the back of the car and we also had kind of uh, air beds and we, we were certainly weren't going to pay for where we slept, you know. And uh, we, were, we were getting close to the border. It was a uh, springtime, lovely sunny day, but, you know, still getting dark early. And we hadn't quite made it to France. And uh, we we decided that we would uh, look for a quiet place to park. So we came into this town called Rastatt, which is very close to the border, and we were just coming up a street, and then we kind of turned off the kind of main thoroughfare into kind of more of a kind of a road, like must have been in the suburbs, you know, heading towards countryside. And there on the left, we saw an ideal site, a small orchard, open. So we just drove in. It was a little 2CV Citroen car, <laughs> Citroen car and we, we drove in. Uh, it was, as I say, dark. And uh, just drove in. It was a bit misty because it's been warm, and then the cold night air had some mist coming up in the ground. But you could see it very clearly. And the two of us were just just driving in there, and we saw this ghost walking straight towards us. Now, as I said, like I'm guaranteed to be absolutely petrified when I see a ghost because the truth is, even to this day, if I see a Dracula film, I'm not able to get from my bedroom door to the bed without jumping because I'm afraid that a hand is going to come out from under the bed, or I actually go and check the wardrobes just to make sure. So you can imagine, like, I was not a candidate for this, this experience. But anyway, um, we had just driven in, and the car headlights were shining into this m- misty darkness. But, I mean, the function of the lights is to illuminate what's in front of you. And straight in front of me, I saw really clearly, I mean, so clearly that I could have sketched it in an identikit picture, an old man with white hair and a beard, dressed in kind of beigey or grey, kind of, you know, kind of like something like kind of tweedy, but I mean, in a split second, you're not actually examining the texture, coming towards you. You know, He was dressed in, in a jacket, a country jacket and a hat, and kind of knickerbockers. Now, he looked to me kind of like a 19th century figure, but it could have actually been a, a contemporary figure in Germany, because huntsmen uh, going out to the forest and so on do dress like that traditional kind of costume. But anyway, the point was, he was walking straight towards us with a fixed gaze. You could see him absolutely clearly. It wasn't a bush that looked like a man. He was, wa- he, was, he was walking straight towards us, and he had a fixed stare. And what was uncanny was that his face was expressionless. He was looking through the headlights, through the windscreen, through us. And he was walking in such a way that he was going to kind of walk into us and through us. I mean, this was all assessed in split seconds. But it was very, very clear. And what was particularly uncanny, apart from the kind of something weird about his lack of facial expression, was he was walking at a very steady pace, but the ground he was covering was not in relationship to the steps he was taking, if you know what I mean. In other words, he should have been somewhere other than where he was in every moment as he came towards us, but he was very close. He was as close as the third or second or third row there. So in a split second, we both went, Jesus Christ, do you see that? No, do you see that? Like the engine was still running, like, get out of here. And so he turns the car and we just kind of drive out the, the, the opening of the orchard and onto the country road and back onto the lane. And here's the weird thing. As soon as we were on the main street, under a light, we weren't one bit afraid, even though, if you think about it, if the ghost wanted to, it could kind of go, boo, back in the window. <laughs> but, we, but we weren't one bit worried. We were totally, I mean, we were, we were petrified and traumatized, absolutely, from what we had seen, but we didn't think that the ghost was going to follow us or anything. Anyway, it really shook us. I mean, seriously, it, I mean, whether you believe in ghosts or not, if you see one, it's absolutely terrifying, and we were badly shaken. And many, many times in the years that followed, I told that story, often, you know, in a relaxed way after dinner, and after about 10 years, you know, you know, you know, you'd be with friends and, you know, they'd be exchanging stories and I'd tell them this. 
And after about 10 years back in Ireland, a friend said to me, but did your friend Michael, did he see the same thing as you? And I said, of course he did. I mean, what do you mean? He's sitting beside me, you know, he's petrified as well. And she said, but, but did you swap notes? Did you see the same thing? I said, of course we didn't. You don't say, Jesus Christ, did you see that lorry flying into that car in front of you and that person being thrown up in the air? Like, if you both witness it, you're so traumatised, you don't swap notes, you know? But she kept on about it. And after thinking it was a stupid question, I decided it was actually a very good question. So I said, you know what? I'm going to ring him. I hadn't spoken to him for about five years. We exchanged Christmas cards. So I rang him. And I said, hiya, Michelle. Hope everything's grand. I'm going to ask you something. <laughs> Straight to the point, because we only have two minutes left, right? (laughs) But I said to him, and this is really important, I said, Michelle, I'm going to ask you something really weird now. I'm not going to prompt you in any way, because I really want to know exactly what you remember. I said, do you remember that day we went to Rashtat? Do I remember? He said, I tell you. He said, I'm never going back there. I don't feel like that. I'd love to go back and find the place, actually. But he 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 said, I'm never going back there. He said, I am sure that if I go there... I'm going to meet my doom. So I kind of went, oh, okay, right, right, okay. Well, anyway, now, tell me, I'm not going to say anything. Tell me what you remember. Well, he says, we were driving in there. We turned down the country road. We found this opening into the little orchard. I'm going, great, you know. We drove in. The headlights were shining in, in, through the trees in the darkness. And then he said, coming straight at us, I saw, and I was feeling quite kind of smug, he said, I saw a tall figure dressed from head to foot in black, with a long black cape and wearing a top hat. No, I tell you, even, I'm I'm absolutely serious now, even as I'm telling you, there's hair standing up the back of my neck. I got a horrendous fright, and I said, said, are you you serious? How come you never said that? I said, that's it. He said, but sure, isn't that what you saw? I said, no. I said, what I saw was a figure that for all the world corresponds to William Blake's drawing of Death the Reaper, you know, a grey-haired man, kind of longish hair and a beard. And definitely his colours were kind of beige or grey. Definitely, definitely not dark enough to be black. And no question of anything remotely like a top hat or even a cape. (laughs) I'm getting the completely wrong reaction, actually, because this is a really serious story, but it's okay. (laughs) So... Uh, we we kind of left it at that, you know. We, we talked about it again. I t- to be honest, the two of us were kind of really shaken up because it brought the whole thing back. And I've thought about it many times since then. Um, and, I mean, here's the epilogue in a way to the story. We both were convinced at the same moment that we saw a ghost. There was no doubt in either of our minds and we could have drawn a picture of it. And the ghost... We, this is, I think, the conclusion we came to in the phone call. The ghost that we saw... Well, he, it was he, Michel, who actually said it was death. He was in no doubt, but that it was a representation of death. He said that, remember, der Tod, he said in German. And I think, or we came to this conclusion, whatever it means, that we both saw a figure representing death, but he was German and I was Irish. So what, what, what we actually saw, no, I'm completely serious about this, is some cultural representation of death. And we both interpreted it differently. And then I tried to think about it more over the years. I've even gone on Google Maps and tried to find the place, but of course, no luck. And in fact, Rashtat turns out to be much bigger than I remembered. It's actually got a population of 300,000, so I'd <laughs> never, never going to find that. You know. And I'd say, it also dawned on me that the place could be built on, but here's the thing why it mightn't be built on. 
Years later, I'm interested in organic farming, and I read that it's actually a kind of a traditional practice if the beloved old farm horse died or whatever, you know, or even your pet, that you would plant it uh, under a fruit tree. Now, I used to think that was, you know, the fruit tree was to commemorate the pet or the animal, but it's actually partly the other way around, that you plant, you, you, you plant the animal in effect, and there's a very slow release of nitrogen over a long, long time, and the tree, you know, whatever, prospers. And I think that that small orchard was in this very strange place and that was very close to a built-up area. And Rastatt was right on the border between France and Germany. It was a point of terrible conflict, First and Second War, but way before that, Franco-Prussian Wars, it was fought over all through the centuries. And, I mean, this, is, this bit is nothing but conjecture, but I swear that what I told you happened. Swear. Um, I think that maybe that place was an orchard because it was a site, either recently or in the past, of a mass grave. That's what I think. And that in some way, and I can't explain it, in some paranormal way, we picked up on it. That's my story. That was Edna O'Connell there with her own genuine real-life ghost story. And that closes out this month's episode of the Dublin Story Slam podcast. Uh, Still gives me chills. I don't know how many times I've heard it now at this stage, but yeah, it's a real keeper. Uh, If you yourself felt chilled, inspired, or maybe you felt heartwarmed and you feel like maybe I have a story that I'd like to share, uh, head over to the DublinStorySlam.com website and just click on the Tell a Story. Um, It's very, very, very simple. You can sign up on the night or you can sign up in advance. So the website will explain all of that. Uh, There is no Story Slam in November because, of course, we've got the Grand Slam in the Abbey Theatre. There's a a couple of tickets left, but they are going fast, fast, fast. And uh, it'll be eight Story Slam winners with eight brand new stories, all inspired by the theme, the good, the bad and the ugly. So if you have been to any of the Story Slams, then you need to see the Grand Slam. November 18th in the Abbey Theatre. Um, that is it from us. Uh, is that all I need to say? Yes, it is. Okay, that is it for this month's episode of the Dublin Story Slam podcast. Thanks a million uh, for listening. And of course, thanks a million to the brilliant storytellers who keep on making these podcasts possible. We'll talk to you in four weeks' time. And Colin will be back then as well. So we'll talk to you then. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 